Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This Holy Week, from Palm Sunday uh, to last night on Maundy Thursday, today of Good Friday on Easter Sunday, we've been focusing on an, an image or an item associated with each day. So on Palm Sunday, it was the crowd, the crowd that gathered around Jesus as he headed into Jerusalem for this last day or this last week of his life. Last night on Monday Thursday, we focused on the cup, that is the cup of uh, the blood of the new covenant uh, as Jesus poured out his blood for us, that, that cup that Jesus asked, that cup of his suffering, he asked the Father to let pass from him the cup. Tonight, it's an evident image, uh, it is the cross, the cross. I would say the cross is the single greatest image throughout the world associated with Christianity. They, they adorn the front of our churches, the tops of our churches. Christian people wear them around their neck and display them in their homes as an image of what their faith is. But what is the cross? You probably know this, but the cross was nothing more than a death sentence. It was the means by which the Roman government created for the most gruesome, horrific death penalty, I believe, known to man. It was agonizing, that cross on which many people were crucified. Jesus suffered that. It was a death penalty. Just imagine this for a minute. This would be like if uh, hundreds of years from now, if the event happened now, if hundreds of years from now, uh, on the front of churches would be hanging an electric chair. Or, you know, they don't even use that hardly anymore. It would be like hanging a, a, a needle for lethal injection around your neck. Gross. Gruesome. Terrible. And yet the cross was that, but amplified even more so as we look at the death penalties throughout history. The cross, that's what it was, the death penalty. It was very unavoidable, I think, to uh, this last Monday or Tuesday or all throughout this week, quite unavoidable to pay attention to the news coming out of Paris, France, where one of the world's uh, most famous churches, Notre Dame, burned. And if you haven't seen it or heard, well, it did. It caught fire and it was collapsing. Now, obviously, if something like that happened here at Saints Peter and Paul, we would all be grieved. We would be saddened if our spiritual home, our place established for worship, were destroyed and caught by fire. It's truly sad when things like this happen. Yet coming out of this, maybe you've seen some of these images, but I saw this one the other day. Here in Notre Dame, there's a pile of smoldering wood, and yet what still stands is the cross. The cross still stands, the cross endures, the cross as the sign of the Christian church here on earth, the church still endures. We have a hymn in our hymnal, it's hymn number 645, called Built on the Rock, and there is this line in that hymn, it goes like this, Built on the rock, the church shall stand even when steeples are falling. 
Crumbled have spires in every land, bills still are chiming and calling. It's a hymn to remind us that the church here on earth is not about buildings. It's about the people of God gathering together to receive what is given to us at the cross, which is life and forgiveness now and forever, only through Jesus Christ. But as I was thinking about this collapse of Notre Dame, and and you watch the outpouring of support from the world, and the outpouring of, of grief and sadness over the collapse of a building, I thought about it like this. It sure seems like in our world right now, there are more people grieving the collapse of a roof of a building than there were grieving the death of Jesus on that very first Good Friday. There are probably more people throughout our world, imagine this, I don't know, but I I believe there are probably more people grieving the collapse of the roof of that building than there are gathered in Christian churches throughout the world this day to receive what comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. We're such selfish people. So self-absorbed. We're all consumed with what we are doing, with what we think is important, all the while saying to Jesus, you know what, Jesus, yeah, you love me. Yes, you died for me. Yes, I believe in you, but I don't really want all of you. I just want you when I need you, and I will call out to you when I feel like I need it. For now, you just hang there on the cross and wait for me. Our sin is so great. Our sin is too much for us to bear. And I think if we were to allow it, our sin, if we are to think about it, can be an all-consuming thing if we're honest with ourselves. Just reflect back on this day. You know the things in the last few hours that you did that you shouldn't have done. You know the things that you left undone that you should have done. You know the thoughts that you had that were not pure. And if you are to reflect on all of those things, it can become all-consuming. And frankly, that's what Satan wants, actually. Satan wants you to wallow so deeply in your sin that that grief and shame weighs so heavily upon you. He wants you to feel so guilty that you don't know what to do. But that's not what today is about. That's not what today is about. That's not the point of worshiping here on Good Friday. We worship on Good Friday not to wallow in our sin, but to honestly say to Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. This is why it's Good Friday, not because we are good, but because He is good and what He has done for us is good. His life has been exchanged for our life. He gives us forgiveness. It is His gift to us. And when Jesus died on the cross, He died not only to erase your sin, But he also died in order to relieve you of the guilt that comes along with your sin. 
The guilt that comes with your sin, that, that guilt that Satan wants to heap upon you, it is finished. It is gone. But should we feel bad that Jesus had to die for us? Sure, that's okay. And should we feel a bit bad that it is our sin that drove him to the cross? Yes. And should we feel bad about the way that we've lived our lives? Yeah, we should. But here's the reality. When, when you think about what Jesus has done for you, it should actually make you so despised with yourself and with your own sin that you can do nothing but repent of it and turn to him once again. And here's the beautiful thing. When Jesus speaks his word, he means what his word says, and his word does what his word says. So when Jesus hangs on the cross, and he looks at the people crucifying him, imagine yourself there, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He means it. And when Jesus speaks a word, he always means it. And when Jesus speaks a word, his word does what it says. So what that means is when Jesus says, you are forgiven, you are. You are. Done deal. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to feel bad. It is done. It is finished. You are forgiven and set free. You are forgiven indeed. Here at our church on Good Friday, we have a tradition we're going to keep our tradition tonight uh, to pound a nail into this cross. Some of you have done this year after year. For some of you, this is your first time here on a Good Friday. Uh, so at the end of my message, I'll pound a nail into this cross. Our, our elder will pound a nail into the cross. He'll stabilize the cross for you. And then when you, when you feel like you're able uh, and desiring, come on up and, and pound a nail into the cross. If you brought an offering with you, you can place it on the box right here by the nails and then we have something a little different uh, this night that we haven't done before, but after you pound a nail into the cross, on either side we want you to grab a little uh, Ziploc bag, and in that bag are two nails and a piece of wire, a long nail and a short nail and a, and a piece of wire. Uh, I, I invite you, after you go back to your seats, you can take it out and, um, and you make a little cross with it. You put the long one up and the short one across, take the wire, wrap it around two or three times around the top, and then exit across. I think you'll be able to figure it out. But you can make a cross when you're sitting in your seats and then take that home as a reminder of this night. But I want to share with you a story before I conclude here. Uh, we are currently helping a sister church of ours uh, in Covington, about 60 miles east of here. Uh, they're a, a Missouri Synod Lutheran church. They don't have a pastor right now. And uh, so we're kind of in partnership with them. And this last Friday, I went and did a funeral over there for a 94-year-old man. He had lived a long, healthy life, grew up, had spent his whole life in Watton, Michigan. And I heard a story about him when, when he was a little boy in elementary school. After, after one of the wars, uh, there, was, there was access to a lot of dynamite. <laughs> and this, the, I guess it was customary going around the woods to, to blow up trees with dynamite. Now this, this young man, don't, don't get any ideas here, but this young man went to his neighbor's house without permission and he got a whole bunch of the dynamite wire. Thankfully he didn't know what he was doing, but there was a tree in the neighborhood that for some reason he just didn't like. And so he went and he wrapped wire 
around this tree. And thankfully, he did not actually have any of the dynamite with him, and a teacher caught him, but he had every intent on blowing up a tree in his neighborhood. He was unsuccessful at blowing up that tree, but I want you to think about it like this. On that first Good Friday, Jesus did successfully blow up the tree. Jesus blew up the tree, blew up that death penalty, promising that there is no death penalty for you and for me, and the tree is gone. Jesus blew up that tree. I'd like to say it like this. Jesus successfully blew up the tree, and he did it for you, and he did it for me. The rocks shook and the curtain tore. The sins of the world Jesus bore. His blood poured out, covering us red. He hung his head. He bled. He's dead. But it's coming. Life will win. This gruesome death makes us pure within. You and I have been set free. The cross alone is our victory. Sunday is coming and life will abound. We will exchange this old cross with an eternal crown. And with that being said, I want to sing with you right now an old song, but I think you probably know it well. I invite you to join me in singing The Old Rugged Cross. Yeah. 